Today is May 27th, 2023. Welcome to Native Calgarian. Oki, Naganago, Mekoche, Chase Tokom Aki, or Tekots Nogotine Siku. Hi, my name is Red Thunder Woman. My married English name is Michelle Robinson, and I use she and her pronouns. My Dene lineage roots me in the land of the Great Bear Lake Tribe in Treaty 11. My name is Dekots Nogotine Siku in my language. Uh, my people wore rabbit skin, so it's been referred to the land of the hair people. And anyone who's from Calgary knows how hysterically ironic that is with all the bunnies that we are surrounded with. I'm a native to Turtle Island, and my Dene nation is a visitor to this area of Pincho Tine Indahe in Satu Dene, meaning many big dog town named after the Calgary Stampede. I was born in Calgary or in Blackfoot, Mokinstis, which is an English name, which is a, oh, let me say that, that again. I was born in Calgary or in Blackfoot, Mokinstis, as Michelle Elliott, an English name that has afforded me privilege in an English colonial world. My mother is Northern Slavey Dene or Satu Dene, but my Indian Act and Post status card by the Canadian government says Yellow Knives Dene. Through my father, I am a daughter of the Mayflower and a daughter of the American Revolution while having a Canadian Indian Act and Post status card, which is a colonial construct by Canadian policies meant to divide Indigenous peoples' inherent rights. Indigenous Two-Spirit or the Indigenous 2SLGBTQ2+, and, and Indigenous women are at the bottom of the Canadian socioeconomic ladder because of colonial trauma, imposed poverty, racism, gendered violence, and land theft. I do not speak on behalf of all Indigenous. I just share my journey as I walk down the red road. As a Dene woman who has attempted to run, join harmful colonial parties, spent money to be at expensive conventions, left my home to travel to those conventions just to vote on incomplete policies that still allow for incarceration, a denial of justice, denial of health services, racism, colonial trauma, and genocide of Indigenous and Black peoples, I have work to continue reports to advocate for and attempt to work within these systems meant to harm me and my community. I think of all of this today, and I hope we honor the many indigenous lives lost for the so-called country named Canada. I hope you see your role in the importance of stopping harm as a citizen, see your role in reconciliation and as a treaty partner. Pride Month should never just be one month. It is important to understand the straight agenda and gendered violence was and is forced on these lands by Christian outsiders. Land acknowledgements are critical for creating a, safe, a safer space for Indigenous, honoring the host as the guest, and acknowledging your role as a treaty partner in a so-called time of reconciliation. It's important your land acknowledgements have meaning. I encourage all people to introduce themselves with an acknowledgement of their ancestors, stories of displacement, how you perceive your role as a treaty partner, a citizen of Canada, a refugee, or other land displacement, so we as Indigenous people know how safe you are to be around. If you don't know how to pronounce your local Indigenous nations' names, won't say your pronouns, won't say your story of origin, won't acknowledge stolen lands, won't acknowledge imposed economic oppression, or your role in reconciliation, I determine how safe you are to be around my community, my family, and myself. Understanding land acknowledgements and their importance is Indigenous 101 because it immediately addresses colonialism, oppression dynamics, broken treaties, and lies taught today in Canadian schools nationally. That's why settlers and those who call themselves native Calgarians or whatever town you're from show me that you have no Indigenous 101 understanding. Jesse Winty's book Unreconciled explains this perfectly as do many Indigenous authored books. Land Back is a movement that could save the planet from climate change created by colonialism, but that would be part of the treaty partnership, meaningful reconciliation, and honoring global initiatives like the United Nations Declaration of Rights of Indigenous People.
I honor the Blackfoot and the elders as they've been kind to me on my Red Road journey. Elder Red Crane taught me how to pronounce my spirit name in Blackfoot, and Leonard Kenny taught me how to pronounce my name in Satu Dene. My humblest apologies to the Blackfoot and Dene uh, elders, language keepers, as I try to learn proper pronunciation. I'm speaking to you on the lands of the Nitsitapi, which is the Blackfoot Confederacy. The Blackfoot south and the imposed U.S. Canadian border are the Blackfeet. North of the border are the Siksika, Gainai, and Bogani of the Confederacy. These lands are Treaty 7, signed September 22, 1877. The signatures that include the Blackfoot Confederacy, the Wesley Chiniki Bearspaw Nations of the Stony, and the Dene from Sutina. I acknowledge all First Nation, Métis, Inuit, status and non-status across Turtle Island as the keepers of these lands. All non-Indigenous are treaty partners with the government signing on your behalf. My Patreon account is Native Calgarian, where you can pledge and support. Thank you, previous donors, for showing your support. If you value listening or watching and can afford to give, thank you. To those who cannot afford to give, I'd love to hear from you at nativeyyc at gmail.com. Send in your comments or your questions. Also, giving a review helps whatever medium you're listening from. I have a YouTube channel where you can go and subscribe. Go to nativecalgarian.com for the latest podcasts and pin posts on social media. So today I'm going solo. So what that means is that I wasn't able to get a guest and that's okay because the whole purpose of me really starting this podcast was to heal and to be able to speak my truth without interruption. So I wanted to bring up a few different things today. Um, I am trying to do the whole TikTok thing and I don't normally do that, but I wanted to give it a try. So Today is the second anniversary of the 215 uh, voices that spoke from the graves. And for folks who don't know, and I just had an interview with some youth that were going to the University of uh, Latvia. They didn't know. The rest of the world still does not know. And Canada um, has imposed genocide and apartheid here. And that our schools are surrounded with bodies. And we have conservative um politicians trying to deny these facts this this truth and that's why we can't have reconciliation because we still have these folks that don't get the whole concept of everything uh so i wanted to talk today uh as an indigenous woman the importance of voting um so if you've been following my last podcast you know that i've been talking about the alberta election in different ways my last guess we talked a lot about the uh, drug crisis that we're experiencing and the very poor policies of the UCP that are still causing genocide of Indigenous people, Indian residential school survivors, and 60 scoop survivors. So if you're not paying attention and if you don't see your role in voting against this, this is the easiest way to show your protest to the really poor UCP policies. I mean, I could go on about all of the other shit-tastic things that they've done from um, increasing our insurance, increasing our electricity bills, uh, so many things that they've done that have does, done nothing but hurt Albertans. If you care about our mountains, uh, for folks who don't know, uh, the Nitsitapi water protectors kind of led the conversation with Cor Blunt about how the UCP wanted to give an Australian mining company rights to our mountains to destroy our view but it makes somebody in australia really rich so you know and and that's something that um is it sonia sharp she was in charge of all of this and everybody seemed to be a okay with that and it is impossible for me to understand 
why anybody would think that's okay. Um, so if you are Indigenous and you've been taught, you know, oh, well, that's not our nation's way. Okay, let's break this down. Our ancestors signed these treaties. I don't care how shit-tastic Canadians have been about being shitty treaty partners. We have the right to vote. We have the right to protest with that vote. And we don't have to shut down any infrastructure. We literally just have to show up the polls with some ID and vote. It's the easiest way to give the middle finger to the UCP right now. I strongly recommend going to the polls. Like, don't listen to me. Just go. Just go to the polls and go vote against the UCP immediately. Go vote for the NDP. And if you absolutely can't give the NDP any votes because you've listened to many of my previous podcasts and know how shit-tastic they can be at times, you can't do it to them either. Just go vote. Just, just go give it a go. Um, there's the Green Party, and you can also spoil your ballot. But here's the thing. If the UCP win, and let's say they win by 10 votes, what if your vote could have been the difference to having a non-UCP candidate? Go vote. Bloody hell, go vote. Um, so back to my previous ones. If you are a new Canadian, I'm sure you're not listening to my podcast, but if you are, we had Simon Jamal on talking about the importance of voting, how easy it is. Many of us who are so-called Canadians, Indigenous, we would go help you. If you wanted to go vote, you ask us, we'd go help you. That's the shitty part about us. You ask us for our help and like, you know, we'll just say, yes, we'll sign treaties. We'll assume the best of you. And then you go and commit genocide and happily continue to do it. But here we are. So, um, you know, listen to those other podcasts. Uh, I wanted to give an update to folks who do listen to my podcast. Um, um, if you haven't heard Marilyn Northpagan's story, you probably should. Um, that is a huge amount of discrimination that she had to face. And um, just uh, yesterday, there was a CBC article, and it's called The Former Alberta NDP Volunteer Files Human Rights Complaint Against the Party. And I shared it. And right away, white settlers were like, oh, my God, what timing? Ah. It's like, shut up. You don't listen to my podcast. You obviously don't know. We've been talking about the human rights violations that the NDP do. And basically, um, so a lot of you know, I'm the Indigenous Peoples Commission uh, Operations uh, Chair for the Liberal Party of Canada. And as a result, you know, that, that's like an internal vote within ourselves that we, we do. Well, the NDP have some similar um, caucuses within themselves. And the disability chair, the former one, um, they're suing the NDP. So like, you know, I had Colin Mayon talking about the discrimination he felt from the NDP. I had Marilyn Northbegan talking about it. Um, I've talked extensively about the disability uh, issues that are or ableism issues that are happening in the NDP, but I don't care. I still lent my vote to the NDP because UCP are like literally like, let's kill all the natives. They are so happy to kill us all that, you know, at least, um, the NDP don't meaningfully do it. They just do it out of ignorance because the policies are already in effect and they're not interested in stopping them. But with the UCP, they want to make it more um, and more and more with their you know, enforced addiction beds, et cetera, et cetera. So 
um, listen to those other podcasts if you haven't already. I lent my vote to the NDP and I encourage everybody else to. And that was something a lot of these uh, conservatives that have actually been speaking out and, and endorsing for the first time the NDP because our conservatives that we have here right now are just right-wing Nazis. Like they're just fanatical. It's incredible. So um, I wanted to give people, like you're actually not gonna believe this. So if you go on to Elections Alberta, you'll see all the registered parties. The Advantage Party of Alberta, uh, the Alberta Liberal Party, which I ran last election, but that's a whole other story for another day. NDP, the Alberta Party, Communist Party, Green Party. Pretty okay. Um, although I can't really vouch for the Advantage Party. I don't know anything about them. The Pro-Life Alberta Political Association. So for folks who don't know, a lot of people uh, don't know this, but the Pro-Life Party they literally just use it as a funneling money uh, in order to promote their pro-life agenda. So a lot of people have been talking about how do we declassify them as a political party when they're really only fundraising for that and why they just don't go through their stupid churches, I have no idea. Reform Party of Alberta still exists, not on all uh, 87 writings, the Solidarity Movement of Alberta is like the Nazi one. So Arthur Pulowski is a fellow who um, plotted against killing RCMP here in Alberta at the Coots border. You know, if anybody else was plotting to kill RCMP, you know we would, if not be murdered by the police immediately, we would be thrown indefinitely in jail. But if you're a white pastor in Alberta, you are not only um, not murdered, you are not only not really persecuted, but you have the premier of Alberta saying, oh my God, I'm your biggest fan and fangirling you. So last week was a whole shitstorm. Arthur Pulowski did this like, he, it was basically a campaign speech, but he tried to throw the premier under the bus. The premier has absolutely been going, you know, head over backwards for anything for this man. Uh, she's actually been found in violation by the ethics commissioner over this issue. But nobody will do anything. So in the last election, the guy I ran against, his office was raided by the RCMP the Friday before the election. And he won by a landslide. Like if you add up the NDP, the Liberals, the Greens, he still won by a landslide, like no question. So in Alberta, everybody is perfectly okay with you breaking the law. Like nobody is held accountable for nothing here. And that, that was in relation to the leadership of Jason Kenney, which he's not even premier, so nobody cares, right? So like nobody cares about the law here in Alberta. And that's what, like, earlier on TikTok, people were like, oh, I'm two-spirited. I'd like to come to Alberta. I'm like, time out. Don't go. Don't go. Because this place, like, you can get murdered. Nobody's going to give a flying crap. I can, I can conspire, conspire to kill police. And everybody's cool with it as long as it's on what they deem the right side of the law. Like, you can't even with these people. So anyway, they're running. They have their whole Nazi party here called the Solidarity Movement of Alberta. I actually was driving today and I seen some signs for them and I was like, there's no way this can be authorized by Elections Alberta. So I popped on their website. <sighs> sure enough, 
they're on here. The Buffalo Party of Alberta. Oh my God, that sounds so Indigenous. They are so anti-Indigenous. So we have the Reform Party, the Pro-Life, the Solidarity Movement, Buffalo Party, and the UCP. We already are at five Nazi parties here in Alberta that you can split the vote for. The Independence Party of Alberta, because you know, we can't work together with Arthur Pulowski or other folks. And then we have the UCP and then we have the Wild Rose Independence Party. So like, look at all these insane right-wing groups we have and everybody's like, it's fine, it's Alberta, it's cool. <laughs> uh, uh, that's where we are as a, part, as a province and everybody's okay with it. And you know what, what's upsetting to me is the amount of progressives that I get from out East. I'll block them in a second, even if they're on my team because they're like, well, what do you expect? It's Alberta. I'm sorry. What kind of, like when you put in that perspective of being a treaty partner in a so-called time of reconciliation, we have a genocide against indigenous people and you have the audacity to say that to a native woman, you're no ally or progressive to me. You're out of here in my life. Holy. So lend the vote. To me, lending the vote to the NDP was just a simple decision to do because it just, it's a middle finger to all of these right-wing fanatical folks that I can't even believe have registered party status, but here we are. Um, something I did not expect to talk about all week. I think I had at least six, seven interviews over, you're not going to believe this, fireworks. So as I said, today is the second anniversary of the 215 uh, bodies being rediscovered at Canloops. Well, when that happened, all of the flags across Canada went to half mask for a year. And all the conservatives in Alberta were mad at the prime minister for having the audacity to recognize this as part of the TRC. Um, you know, I, I know a lot of people hate Justin Trudeau. I get it. I, I wish he would do more quicker too. But we're talking about 150 years of colonialism. You can't undo it just like that. It, they are literally working on the systemic racism and systemic barriers within this colonial system and not being recognized for it, one. And then two, all of the oppositions are not doing more, except Leah Gazin. Credit to her. For folks who don't know who she is, she's an NDP. She, prior to being an NDP MP, she was a human rights um, defender. Uh, you know, she's always defended indigenous people so other than her like you know folks are working on it but it's a lot it's a lot of stuff to undo and pp our uh, opposition fellow like what a train wreck this guy is not only is he an indian residential school denier but he also um welcomed the convoy with coffee and donuts and supported them through the whole thing just like daniel smith and um, so the, these people are like nothing but Nazis. They are targeting the LGBTQ2 plus community, the indigenous community, folks with addiction, uh, houselessness. Like they do not care if we just all die. That's what they want actually. So they're like for genocide. Um, so anyway, back to the stupid fireworks conversation. When the 215 were rediscovered and shouted from beyond the grave, like all the natives were like, can we please not have fireworks for Canada Day? Can we cancel Canada Day? <sighs> Whatever. 
they had Canada Day two years in a row already. And now we're like, Calgary, the city of Calgary put out a press release saying, hey, we're going to cancel the fireworks and have a pyrotechnics display. And all the right wing folks lost their crap and are like, whoa, culture, cancel culture. Like if you're actually Indigenous, you were on the receiving end of endless streams of hate comments. And on, conversely, as an Indigenous person, I was completely confused. I'm like, they, they even said to respect the Chinese culture and to respect the Indigenous community. And I'm like, well, can you follow up a little more on how that's a thing? And apparently... They had no talking points for that. They just threw us under the bus as a scapegoat as to why it is that they are canceling the fireworks. So some alt-right wing group, I'm sure associated with four or five of these Nazi groups I just mentioned in the elections Alberta parties, they put out a petition saying, hey, I'll reinstate fireworks. So of course they did. And of course the city councilors were like, absolutely, we want to do that. So they did. And, um, and the fireworks are reinstated. And, you know, I was really angry that they were okay with having Canada Day after the 215, you know, they should, I was mad, I felt gaslit then, frankly, because there's a whole volume about missing um, children and unmarked graves that's been released since 2015. And miraculously, because nobody's read the TRC, they just conveniently didn't know until that happened two years ago today. And I'm still angry. I'm still mad. I'm still gaslit about that. I, I don't know if I'll ever forgive Canada over it, frankly, because they just ignored our voices for all those decades leading up to this moment. Um, you know, I'm, I'm live right now on TikTok and a good friend of mine, Josh, you know, he says the hate comments on, uh, to natives on this app was horrendous. Every post, even if it's just beating, like, I don't think I can, un like, really communicate to non-Indigenous people how much hate we get every single day, and yet none of your laws protect us. None of them. So I'm bringing it up because you've seen it in the stupid fireworks conversation and all the comments. Then, and, and for folks who are Indigenous, this is a big trigger warning. Um, this week, they shut down McLeod Trail for one of the morning commutes. At three in the morning, uh, a white man had murdered in the park one of our Indigenous men, and I uh, stabbed him to death. And uh, there's no hate charges. Why would a white homeless fellow stab to death a sleeping Indigenous man in a park? So for non-Indigenous, I really want you to sit with that and see how, if you're quick to say that's not a hate crime, you are ignoring land theft, your treaty partnership, reconciliation, houselessness. You're, you're ignoring all of that. You're ignoring the power dynamics of race in this country. You're probably, this isn't, isn't for you, frankly, this podcast, because you're not open to understanding this. You don't want to. You want to be comfy, cozy in your home, listening to podcasts, thinking you're doing your anti-racism work by listening. It's, it's bullshit. You guys need to start holding these cops, your city councilors, to account. And if you can't over stupid fireworks, no wonder it's perfectly okay for a white man to come and murder us in a park and you stand idly by and do fucking nothing.
Um, so, you know, the police, they reached out to me a couple of weeks ago for the moose hide campaign and they asked me to talk about it. So I did. And they've used those pictures to talk about how they're doing outreach to the community. And what's interesting about that is that they still don't know about the moose hide campaign. They're still not charging this white man for hate charges against this indigenous man that he murdered. You know, like they're still not implementing the 231 calls to justice or the 94 calls to action. So like, what is it gonna take for Canadians to get this? That there would be any doubt you have to vote against the UCP in this moment shows to me a lack of understanding of your privilege in this world. Um, I wanted to uh, let folks know, I don't know who it was who did the paperwork for the Calgary Award, but thank you. I really appreciate being nominated for that. I see that my friend Deb Green was also nominated. So for folks who don't know who she is, um, her sister was a Starlight Tour out here in Calgary and was murdered not too far from where I live actually just, uh, but this was years ago before the development out to Chestermere and uh, her, her body was found uh, right, right outside of town here and the police had left her. So Sutina chief at the time, Lee Crowchild, he was doing um, a memorial rock in front of the Great Eagle Casino and it looks like a bench, it's gorgeous. And I was lucky enough to be there for that um, pre presentation of that rock as a tribute to missing and murdered indigenous women, specifically Lainey, her sister. And uh, it's important to bring all of this up because I have yet to see the police apologize for their involvement and frankly, like not that long ago, they just murdered um, Sonny Crazy Bull at the Marlboro Sea train station. Um, I know that they have a whole list of new MMIW that they, it will get released. But the point is, is that they don't see it. And Canadians for that matter, don't see it. The, you know, settler Calgarians don't see it. And it just breaks my heart because I'm watching genocide. Um, we had a overdose awareness program put together by one of my indigenous sisters here in the area, just this amazing artist. And uh, she should be uh, nominated for a Calgary award too. And, you know, she brought in this white guy who was uh, from Forest Lawn. He was uh, houseless and in extreme addiction for the last 15 years. For the last three years, he's been sober. So uh, he's been talking about uh, opioids and the drug crisis in, in Forest Lawn. And it was a great presentation. And unfortunately, I had to leave early because you say was done their movie, so I have to go pick up my daughter. Anyway, really enjoyed that. But it's hard for me because when I was running way back in, you know, 20, 2015 municipally, I was talking about the drug poisoning crisis then and talking about harm reduction then. And only now in 2023 are we going to finally have con conversations about safe supply and harm reduction. And it, it makes me sick to my stomach because we've watched so many of our brothers and sisters die. And Calgarians are a-okay with it. They're okay with this genocide and they're okay with continuing it under a UCP government. And they talk about economics. They say, oh, we have to vote UCP out of economics. 
you know, it costs less to do harm reduction. It's economically um, smarter to do harm reduction techniques. It is economically smarter. So if you only care about money because you're a fucking worthless soul eating person, then you should be for harm reduction for no other reason than it's cheaper than the status quo. But here we are and, you know, whatever, drink your beer, have your cocaine and everybody's happy, right? Holy. So anyway, Calgary Awards, thank you to whoever nominated me. Obviously, um, one thing Deb and I agreed on is that we have to nominate more of our youth because all the youth that were nominated were non-Indigenous. There is a Crow Child Award for Indigenous people. And I've never been nominated for that, that's for sure. But, um, you know, that's usually where we put our efforts. But as Indigenous people, I'm asking you to really look at the Calgary Awards and just start putting in the Indigenous names that you know that we should be acknowledging. And speaking of Indigenous, I, I, every time I tell people this, they go, oh my God, I didn't know this. Katie Lang's mom is a BB. So she's originally from Gainai. So she's like the two spirit, really. And, you know, I've always looked up to her. I just, I, I didn't know she was native until like way later, but she was just unapologetically herself and a lesbian. And people overlooked that until she became a vegan. And then Alberta was like, I, you know, hate, hate, hate. <laughs> Anyway, our favorite two-spirit from Alberta, she has, is getting a Governor General Award and looked fabulous all in white with her Buddhist um, garb. So just love her. I will always love her. Always look up to her and uh, hats off to you. You deserve the world, Katie Lang. And I know you're an international celebrity that lives right here in Calgary. And I know you don't listen to my podcast, but I adore you. So... I'm just going to quickly read through some comments that are coming in. Are the young Indigenous teen found under some wood crates cups? Doesn't look criminal, really. Yeah, so it came out in BC that there was one of our young women that was found. And again, cops, you know, oh, it's not criminal. Yes, it fucking is criminal. But the cops are not doing their job when it comes to Indigenous people. They will not protect us. They're happy with genocide. This is so sad. You are right. It will take, it will get worse if the UCP with Take Back Alberta racists get in 100%. Uh, they ignore it. Let's be real. 100%. Alberta will be a mini Florida if the UCP, it already is Alberta mama. Quite frankly, it's worse. And, and our premier has come out and said that she adores Ron DeSantis. So, you know, we already have a Nazi in Florida. We have Nazis here and they're just Naziing together. Two-spirit Katie Lang. Yes. Yes, we all love her. So thanks folks for taking the time to um, post because, you know, it's good that we're all on the same page. That's for sure. So for folks who are like, okay, Michelle, that's some heavy shit. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I talk about this all the time. And people are like, Oh my God, I didn't know it was that bad. Oh, wake up folks. So solutions. Um, So I've ran a book club since 2016, a monthly one. It's the second Monday of each month. Um, 
right now in June 12th, we're going to be doing Five Little Indians by Michelle Good. Um, I'm almost done it. And uh, it's a really good book for folks to understand the gravity and trauma of Indian residential schools, uh, the aftermath. And uh, I highly recommend it. Oh, I want to give a quick shout out to um, the folks who are doing that uh, killer under the, I don't know, wildflower moon or something. I have the book. Anyway, it's a it's a major movie like Martin Scorsese he he directed it Leonardo DiCaprio Brendan Fraser like all these Hollywood celebrities are in it it's a really sad story um it's a it's a true story it's a fictional story but based on what actually happened so um anyway I wish you all knew how exciting it was for me to see that kind of representation um, our people were like sharing Facebook pictures and stuff that had happened in, in Paris and Cannes or Cannes Film Festival. And, uh, you know, for the newer generations, you have no idea what it's like to never have any representation and then have some. So I just wanted to give a shout out because, you know, the Five Little Indians book by Michelle Good, I, I heard that that's going to become a, a movie. And I heard that, um, you know, like this movie that's coming out is finally starting to tell some truth about North America. So I'm hoping that people will understand the gravity of what we mean by stolen lands. Um, I, I think they do. I just don't think they care. Uh, bottom line, July, we're doing uh, pages 219 to 349 of the final report of the MMIW. Uh, August 14th is Our Voice of Fire by Brandy Morin. September 20 or September 11th, sorry, will be the 113 Pathways to Justice, which is the government of Alberta's look at the MMIW report. Uh, might be an interesting conversation based off of the change in government if the NDP get in, if folks go vote NDP. Um, October 9th, Cree lawyer Harold Johnson's book of peace and order. And then November, we're going to do the guide of implementation of the national action plan on violence against women and gendered-based violence because you know we'll have read the mmiw report we'll have seen the governments so you know incorporating that as well and then in december 11th we'll be making space for indigenous feminism edited by joyce green and then lastly for solutions we have the reconciliation action group so if you're in calgary you can join us and do some actual work as opposed to oh my god i so know and love natives and i can't wait to buy their their beaded stuff i don't fucking care <laughs> i care that you give us equal opportunities i care that you implement 94 calls to action i care that you're working on 231 calls to justice. And if you're not doing those things, you are wasting your breath with me, my friend. So if you're not in Calgary, go to the reconciliation committee that you have. There's, if there's not one, you better make one because I don't want to hear, well, there's not one. I'm like, oh, you, you were able to type. That means you can make one. Do the work. Holy. Uh, we aren't safe anywhere, sadly. Exactly. Thank you, Shay. That's coming in from TikTok. Um, so I'm proud that this podcast has given solutions, cultural safety training, cultural face, first aid in all of them to create a safer space for Indigenous people of color and those with disabilities and 2SLGBTQ to speak. 
uh, authors Cheryl Ward, Chelsea Branch, and Alicia Fritkin of heretohelp.bc.ca has a whole piece on what is Indigenous cultural safety and why you should care about it. Their work are cultural action tools, so please support Indigenous work like that as part of your reconciliation work and settler understanding. I'm just lucky enough to repeat and highlight it here. Internalized racism and lateral violence is another form of violence Indigenous and marginalized equity-seeking groups experience by the structure of oppression imposed on these lands. So if you go to racialequitytools.org, um, first of all, donate if you can, but also they have tons of resource files. And Donna Bevins wrote up a great piece about what is internalized racism. And I encourage anybody from an equity-seeking group to really uh, focus on that so that we don't project that onto each other because every effort it takes to attack each other is less effort going towards tackling white supremacy. Uh, do's and don'ts for bystander intervention by American Friends Service Committee. So AFSC.org. They have great information on what to do if you see racism happening. Um, anyone who follows me on social media wishes uh, they would watch the anti-racism organizational lead for the city of Calgary. He gave a great presentation from the um, ARAC committee on the journey of becoming an anti-racism leader. So if you're uh, you know, not a QT BIPOC and you're like, I want to be a better ally, then you better watch that. Indigenous people have been talking about our issues, sharing our reports and trauma in reports, commissions, public hearings, just so it can be regularly disregarded. No more. Honor our words. Honor the treaties. Listen to politicians and policies and, and their platforms if they don't recognize equity-seeking groups in their budgets with Gender Equity Plus, if they're cutting violence prevention programs, Indigenous education, uterus, health choices, gay straight alliances, lack of human rights for migrants, immigrants, folks with disabilities. Know that your vote to that party directly negatively impacts equity seeking people. Demand that they implement the Truth and Reconciliation Commission's calls to action, the recommendations of the Royal Commission on Aboriginal Peoples, the multiple reports on child welfare reform, violence prevention, and now 231 calls to justice from the National Inquiry on Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women, Girls in Two-Spirit. Provincially in Alberta, the Kenny government created 113 pathways to justice, so all you blue voters should be holding your blue MLAs to account on it. Follow the Premier's Council on Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women, Girls, uh, and see what they're doing. We'll see on Tuesday who won and if that will even matter. Because so far, that new Premier's Council did fucking shit. Uh, municipally, in Calgary, we have the White Goose Flying Report. Um, denying these reports is a form of abuse called gaslighting. Our people are experiencing extreme racism in the justice, educational, government, health institutions, with multiple reports that say the same thing. Demand change from election platforms and politicians if they don't understand colonialism, racism, privilege, sexism. They literally have zero business running. Should be understood by all parties, local uh, sports clubs, everything. Um, Google articles on how non-Indigenous Canadians can become allies because there's multiple ones out there. Actually, I just talked to Stephanie Harp. Uh, we had an emergency podcast around Christmas time to uh, talk about some of the crises that we're facing. That's why I was so mad at the whole fireworks conversation because, you know, here you had the city of Calgary ripping the doors off of uh, bus shelters so that if our people didn't freeze to death, they lost their limbs. 
and they're talking about canceling fireworks. Fuck, these people need to pull their heads out of their asses. Um, anyway, we put out a, a statement. I, I put a letter out to all the uh, city councilors, and none of them replied except the mayor. And I asked my listeners and everyone to demand an urgent action to protect the lives of Indigenous women, girls, two-spirit and gender diverse experiencing homelessness, which you could find at homelessness.ca, And nobody replied to me. So you wanna talk about fireworks? I wanna talk about our people not being housed and freezing to death and having addiction issues. So, you know, they have done nothing for us. Um, that said, there's two people I know that are employed by the city of Calgary, who I do love, who I know face in a stupid amount of racism within that stupid structure. And they are doing uh, the Indian Residential School per Permanent Memorial Outreach. So go to the city for that if you want to know about that. Um, drug crisis, obviously, you and, and I talked about it in our last podcast, and it's like astronomical the amount of cost this is so for a bunch of stupid folks who think they're so brilliantly conservative they sure make stupid fiscal decisions and uh, frankly moral and ethical ones that are killing people left right and center for folks who want workers you think you'd want to save them by not killing them but here we are vote fucking ucp right yeah anyway if you are using substances please don't use alone if you are using alone, you can contact the National Overdose Response Service at 888-688-NORS for support, or you can download the Brave Indoors app. Lifeguard is another one that you can utilize. Um, drug poisoning that's happening in Alberta is ridiculous. If you are experiencing emotional distress after anything we talked about today and want to talk, call the First Nation and Inuit Hope for Wellness Helpline at 855-242-3310. It is toll-free, open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You can also go to helpforwellness.ca and they have a little text box there too. If more related to missing and murdered Indigenous women, girls, and Two-Spirit, you can call 844-413-6649. Again, toll-free, 24-7 crisis line. If you're non-Indigenous, there are usually distress center lines in your area and a functioning 211, or you can call 833-456-4566 or text at 45645. And you can also go to crisisservicescanada.ca for even more. For 60 Scoop uh, folks here in Alberta, you can go to ssisa.ca. Uh, Indian Residential School Survivors and Family Hotline at 866-925-4419, Kids Help Phone 1-800-668-6868, and the Native Youth Crisis Hotline is 877-209-1266. The following are two SLGBTQ2S crisis supports. Um, if you go to lifevoice.ca, you will find tons of different supports, but the Trans Lifeline is 877 877- 330-6366 and the Trevor Project 866-844-7386. You know, I'm just going to say this. There's been a war on the LGBTQ2+. Um, we are seeing an uptick in suicide and suicide attempts. Put these numbers by your goddamn phones uh, put it by your alcohol, get rid of your alcohol, alcohol, like that's what makes us make stupid decisions. Um, 
and fuck Ron DeSantis and the premier, um, Daniel Smith, the MLAs that support her because they are allowing this Nazism against the LGBTQ2 plus community. And, you know, um, I'm going to give a quick shout out to Jeremy Farkas, which I never, I unblocked him over this. I unblocked him. He, uh, I knew he identified as part of the queer community a long time ago when we were running. And he's a hard conservative. He was a part of Manning's group. He was an executive director. So I hate him because I know he's been a part of this machine of hate that's been, been going. So anyway, he's on the CBC for the second time. Last week made a lot of international news and national news because here he was saying, you know, Daniel Smith's a little bit shit crazy. And everybody was like, what? Even Jeremy Farkas said that. And I'm like, whatever. So, but this Friday, so today's Saturday, yesterday, he said on the CBC that he shared a really personal story that you can find on the, on the CBC eye opener. And he, he talked about how he knew he was bisexual and he confided in what was his best friend. And overnight, his best friend became his abuser, his bully, and he started thinking about suicide. And somebody seen him in the library and intervened. And that's what stopped him from committing suicide. And I, I say it because it was important that he said it. What he actually said that made me like him, well, unblock him was that he regrets not bringing it up more when he was running for mayor because now all of this Nazi hate rhetoric against the queer community is happening. And he, one of the MLAs here in Alberta, she, or candidates, I should say, said that, and for folks who are LGBTQ2+, know, I unequivocally wish I could punch her in the face for saying this. She said that being queer is like being dog shit or, or feces. And she thought it was hysterical and they laughed about it on a stupid podcast a year or something ago. And Jeremy said that if he would have heard somebody in a position of power say something like that, that he very well could have committed suicide. So for folks who are queer, I, I, we as fucking adults, see how bad the rhetoric is against you and it's wrong it's this is what nazis are this is why i'm so openly calling them nazis nazis targeted the lgbtq2 plus community the race-based ones which they do against indigenous but canadians are so fucking oblivious to you know we see what they're doing it's wrong and you do not deserve this and i hate that you're hearing any of that transphobic homophobic rhetoric and just know how much I love you and my daughter is identifying in that community I have friends in that community I know Josh who's typing right now you know all of this is happening and it's not fair to you growing up in a place that you know people hate you it's not okay and I want you to know for as many people that are are bigots saying these things that first of all, online, it's mainly trolls. These are people who are heartless, soulless people, in some cases paid to say these things by these conservative right-wing folks. 
but in real life, if you can turn that off, know in real life, there's a whole community that loves you and supports you and surrounds you with love and courage. And if you reach out to the queer community, we are here for you. Um, I'm straight and I'm cis, but I consider myself part of the community when it comes to the, you know, bricks being thrown at you. I want to take that brick, not, not you, because you have enough bricks that you have to deal with. So from the bottom of my heart, know that we love you. You deserve better. You don't deserve to hear this hate. And these resources are available for you if you're feeling really low. I hate you have to deal with this. <sighs> Some of the um, comments that I'm seeing is, uh, there's nothing worse than feeling unwanted. We want you. And this is coming from folks who identify in that community. Um, I have arranged, made arrangements for my kids to get out of Alberta if the UCP get in because they are queer. Uh, my friend Josh, thank you. I think about how I would take it as hard as a native gay kid adult me I protect you too spirit and yeah I I I feel you Josh I feel all of you so I just you know not a fan of Jer Jeremy Farkas because he didn't stand up for the queer community anytime sooner and only now that the bricks are being thrown does he seem to care and uh regardless at least he said you know the UCP are a train wreck now two weeks in a row um and I'll, get, I'll tell you one other thing he did that I thought was really great. Uh, he said this, so Nahid Nenshi, he never endorses a candidate, which broke my heart when I ran for Ward 10 because he was in Ward 10. But regardless, um, he, uh, he never endorses anyone. But this week he endorsed the NDP because, you know, a bad NDP government is still better than the UCP. And that, that was his reasoning. And Jeremy Farkas, he wouldn't endorse the NDP publicly on the air. But what he did say, which I thought was really uh, strategically clever of him to do as another poly person, um, he said to the conservatives, remember that your vote doesn't have to be told. Secrecy of your vote is important. So I felt like he underhandedly said, you can vote NDP and tell everybody you vote conservative, but truthfully, your ballot is between you and the ballot. It's not public, um, which is a valid point. So if you're on the fence, I implore you, you know, you are, you are giving, you are lending your vote to the LGBTQ2 plus by voting NDP. And because right now they're full out being attacked by the UCP as are indigenous people. So please consider lending your vote as many prominent conservatives have asked other conservatives to do. <sighs> Violence is my everyday reality. Every indigenous generation has faced it. This is self-care, how I take my power back. It's why I started the podcast. We have no representation. Uh, speak freely without interruption, without tone police, leadership shaming, gaslighting questions. As many people don't want to hear Indigenous opinions, but sure want to tell us theirs, even if they know nothing about us, know nothing about colonialism, the constant surveillance of our people, protests, vigils, and rights. I and many others share microaggressions daily, so it's unacceptable. Learn about being trauma-informed. 
People like me are dealing with internalized racism and gatekeeping, folks that survive off the status quo. Good example of that is what happened in uh, Cold Lake. Um, I wasn't going to get much into it, but since we're talking about, you know, status quo, <laughs> my friends on TikTok have watched this whole fiasco happen as well with um, basically one of our Indigenous women from the States came up and was being... Um, sexually harassed by a white producer and immediately Cold Lake Nation put out a, um, a statement basically saying it's okay we like the money and then the guy who brought him up uh, was like put out a video that he later took down saying you know that did not back this woman who was saying this was not right and um, yeah so a lot of us don't follow him anymore and I see one of my friends say, well, he really did put out a good apology after talking to another Indigenous woman, but it's, it's too late for me. I, I'm, he's going to have to prove himself for a long time and have a long record. And in my heart, I will always think you motherfucker had the audacity not to support our sister when you had, you brought her up into this unsafe environment. And after everything you still don't get it but you know what that's alberta men for you i know a couple of good ones but there's not many they will be perfectly okay with violence against women violence against indigenous people violence against indigenous women and they will do anything for a buck that's alberta that is the truth that's gatekeeping us and i'm tired of it so you know, these are people who are still in their trauma. They stop people from doing the good work, deplete personal resources. So internal and external racism is an everyday reality for me and many folks in equity-seeking groups. I always talk about, you know, the structure of racism, the individual racism, and then the internalized racism. So I wake up in the morning and I get three levels of racism by fucking existing. Anyway it's not just me oh my god it looks so good great setup <laughs> uh thanks uh, so a good friend of mine from out in toronto who has talked a lot about conversion therapy is on my tiktok and that was his great great thing that he had to say i see a few other ones um of folks i'm really happy to a vote for a con is a vote against yourself in human rights and dignity yep um and then a little bit about the guy we were talking about so anyway Masi Cho to my ancestors so for folks that don't know I just recently lost my my grandfather and my my granny and um up to this point I've always talked about them and everyone on my podcast and now she's in the spirit world um literally smudging her back to me uh so to my granny and to my mom, what strength looks like through your example. Thank you, Masi Cho. To my dad for teaching me to be strong and blunt. My stepmom for showing me what a proud culture is to her Austrian family. A huge thank you to my husband, Darcy, uh, Big Buffalo Rock Man. You know, he produces and edits the show. He's my husband, my childhood friend, father of our child, and he has supported me every way in the my journey of the red road he has witnessed decades of sexism and racism 
and to our child, Thunderpipe Necklace Woman. We are blessed to learn from you daily. We are so honored you chose us. You give me daily accountability to be a better and stronger person. And I hope my family will be proud in the future of us discussing these present day issues in a way that they can understand. My patron account is Native Calgarian where you can pledge and support. Thank you previous donors for showing your support. If you value listening or watching and can afford to give, thank you. To those who cannot afford to give, I'd love to hear from you at nativeyyc at gmail.com. Tell me about your voting experience. God, I want to tell you about my elections, Alberta experiences, but ugh, God, we're already here. I have a YouTube channel. You can go and subscribe. Go to nativecalgarian.com for the latest podcasts and pimp posts on social media. Thank you so much for folks who've always shown your love and, and, um, and your donations for that matter too. And I want to end by giving side eye to those Calgary rabbits. You're lucky I'm not tradish. And my beautiful cousin would respond, or you'd be in my dish. <laughs> Thanks, folks, for listening. I hope you tune back.